somehow made it to the age of like 23, 24 before I had my first beer and it was in Newcastle. And the kind of cool thing about beer is every beer is different on every person's tongue. Yeah. So we can make one beer, we can make it consistently every time, but it's different every single time it hits somebody else's, like chemically different every time it hits someone else's tongue. I think it's because it's a humbling thing, but my favorite is when I pour somebody something and they immediately are like, <laughs> don't like it. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's always my favorite because then that's an actual opportunity for somebody to either tell me what they don't like about it or tell me what they do like about beer. You are listening to Fort Worth Food Stories, brought to you by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. All right, welcome to Fort Worth Food Stories. I'm your host, James Creange. I'm joined today by Michael Harper, the head brewer at Funky Picnic Brewery and Cafe. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, man, absolutely. Glad to be here. Thank you. So we all love beer. I think pretty much everyone listening to this podcast loves beer. Uh, how did you get into it as a profession? Uh, I like to tell the joke. I don't know if it's funny. I like to tell <laughs> the joke that I got into it just from drinking a lot. Um, started off uh, just you know very curious about different types of beer. Um, very first beer I ever had was uh, Newcastle. Okay. Uh, wasn't uh, you know like natural light or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> somehow made it to the age of like 23, 24 before I had my first beer and it was a Newcastle. Um, <laughs> it's still delicious. I still remember it to this day. Um, but just became very curious with it. The very first sip I had, I remember it tasted like my mom's sourdough bread. Um, and I don't know what I expected my first sip of beer to taste like, but it wasn't something that was familiar and uh, deeply emotional. Correct. You know? Uh, and so from there, just started, started trying everything I could. Um, my beer journey kind of went from Newcastle to Killian's Irish Red to Smittix, um, Shiner, Shiner Half. Um, the very first time I got into like super heavy craft beer uh, was when I had my very first Addy Ale. I had a Chimay at the Flying Saucer, the old Flying Saucer yeah. in Fort Worth, uh, down there on the uh, the little like patio, the like picnic benches they had. It's the very first uh, like Addy Ale I had, and I remember in that sip tasting every other beer that I've ever had, uh, anything that was like roasty or sweet or chocolate or bitter. Uh, all these great notes that I've had in every other beer that I was trying to chase, I found in that one. Uh, and so from that point, I uh, started home brewing just as much as I could. I uh, started working with a couple friends of mine uh, doing home brewing. And then I went to the American Brewers Guild in Vermont, did my uh, training up there, uh, opened up a brewery here in Fort Worth, uh, and then I've just kind of bounced around to Dallas for the past couple of years and landed back here in Fort Worth, thank God. Uh, about a year ago. Okay, cool. Yeah, and um, I'm glad you brought up the the flying saucer thing. Uh, I was reading in, in Fort Worth Weekly. They did a, a interview with you, and mm-hmm. which is great, by the way. Anyone listening should go read Shout that. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I, I thought it was interesting that you would just try all different kinds of beers, whatever is on sale or yeah. whatever jumped out at you, and that's kind of what I do. Um, but the difference between you and I is that I'm not, I don't taste all those different things within the beer. So right. have you always had that palate or, you know, is this something that's developed more and more over time? I've certainly had to work on it. Um, and that's one area where if I'm working with other people, um, <clears throat> that's one area where I can, I can sometimes feel like a little bit of insecurity because their palates are very, very good. Yeah. Um, and they're able to pinpoint, you know, exact spices, um, like there's there's a hop, um, it's called Sriracha Ace, and it's very herby, uh, just very herby, herbaceous sort of hop. Uh, and I remember when I first tried it, 
thinking that it tasted familiar, but not knowing exactly what it was. I could just pinpoint it as this tastes like herbs and this tastes like warm. Like that's all I had. Like okay. I just had like the feeling of warm and the, the feeling of, of herbs. Uh, and I passed it to uh, the brewer I was working with at the time. And he said, oh yeah, Sriracha Ace, that's just dill. Like it's just straight dill, that's all it is. Really? Oh, exactly, that's what this is, this is dill. Uh, so I'm not great about being able to pick up this is dill, this is tarragon, this is, you know, brown candy. Like, I'm yeah. not great at those kind of things, but I am good with, uh, like, we make jokes here that all of my descriptions are, like, herby, spicy, floral, <laughs> uh, sweet, you know, like, I'm very, very basic on that. And I, I usually get more, like, emotion kind of feelings, too, with, with my palate. Uh, but it's something that I've had to be, I've had to kind of train myself on. I've gone through some different, um, not as many as I would like, but gone through some tasting panels and mostly just listen as much yeah. as I can, um, listen to people as, as well as I can and try and figure out exactly, um, you know, try to balance what I'm tasting versus with what they're tasting. But the tricky thing is with all of that is, uh, and the kind of cool thing about beer is every beer is different on every person's tongue. Yeah. Right? So we can make one beer, we can make it consistently every time, but it's different every single time it hits somebody else's, like chemically different every time it hits someone else's tongue. So what is it you're shooting for then? Are you shooting for just an overall kind of generic good taste or, you know, is, are, are you just comfortable with the fact that not everyone's going to like every beer? Um, <laughs> I think ideally I'm shooting for great taste, consistent, great taste and great taste consistently. Okay. Um, that would, that would certainly be the ideal. Uh, I am fine with the fact that not everyone is going to dig every beer. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, you know, that, that's just how it is. You know, there's it's like beers, food. It's, it's yeah. anything. It's like that. Uh, there's beers I don't dig. So that's, you know, that's fine. Like styles that I don't dig. I normally don't like a smoked beer. It's just not, not for me. Um, so yeah, usually I'm, <laughs> ideally I, I'm trying to, to make something that's great, uh, that people are going to be able to either associate, you know, something in their past or associate this with a great feeling or a great moment in time. Uh, it's something that's going to kind of facilitate uh, coming together, you know, good conversations, okay. things like that. Uh, what more often happens is I get a crazy wild idea and think, what if it tasted like this? And then just <laughs> shot for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully, you know, my, my good buddy uh, Ryan Deo at Collective Brewing Project right down the road, uh, he always says that we're in the entertainment industry. Um, you know, some people think that we're in the in, like service industry. Uh, I think we're somewhere in the middle of it. Or maybe okay. the indus entertainment industry is the service industry. Anyway, <laughs> as an entertainment industry, I think it's more fun to say, come along with me. Yeah, on for sure. Journey. Let's see. Let's see what the hell happens. Yeah. And, and one of the things I liked that I picked up, you know, just from your website and, and uh, we did a tour here mm -hmm. about a month ago, um, all of that. But you talk about that you're passionate about the classic techniques of brewing. Um, can you explain what you mean by that and how that differs from maybe how some other brewers might do it? I don't know. Yeah, it, maybe it's a, maybe I'm just kind of an asshole. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll try and keep the swords down. <laughs> you're uh, good. You're good. Maybe, I mean, you know, maybe it's just a little bit of just the idealist in me. The really, really cool thing about beer is that we've been doing it for centuries and we still don't have it all. Yeah. We still don't understand everything. We understand a lot more than we did, but we still don't understand everything. 
Um, and so I think, I think that's cool. And that's one of the reasons why I love being in this, in this industry is there's always a chance to learn and evolve and improve, improve your processes. Why I like doing the classic styles is like we were able to do that and produce good, consistent beer without knowing all of the, without knowing all of the science stuff. Um, and it's more of a discipline for me just personally to think this is what people have done before you. This is what your lineage yeah. is. This is what your heritage is just in terms of like industry, not in terms of my ge genealogy, but just in terms of the industry, this is what your heritage is. Um, so just do what they say. Don't get a big head. Don't get ahead of yourself. Don't yeah. let your ego control. Just do what they did. Learn it. Eventually you'll get your feet beneath you. You'll learn your own voice. You'll get your own, um, your own kind of like style or trademark or whatever. But a lot of it for me is just trying to be humble in the process uh, and think of the people who have come before me, the brewers who have come before me. And just by trial and error and by trying something and waiting to see what people said, that's kind of how all these styles, that's how these, you know, yeah. Kolsch and Pilsner and Stout, Porter, that's how all these styles came to be was they just kept making it. People kept drinking it, said, I really dig this. They were working with their local water, with their local ingredients, and it became this, you know, really cool, like local thing. Um, so new processes and new techniques, I mean, we have a lot to learn from them. Uh, and, you know, without them, we wouldn't have beer styles that I mm -hmm. love. Um, we wouldn't have IPAs, you know, if we didn't have that. Um, but, yeah, it, it, brewing for me is a lot of just discipline, um, just in terms of, all right, do one thing, do it well, do it consistently. Uh, I have a tendency with my, <laughs> with my ADHD to just run crazy and not <laughs> discipline myself. And so it's really an act of just, all right, you, you know what to do, you've practiced it, you've learned it, you've studied it, not just execute on that and, you know, small incremental changes. Mm -hmm. That's, that's more of what it is. Just listening to you talk about beer is is awesome because it's it's cool talking to someone who has a passion about something and, and they're in the field that is their passion, right? Yeah. And you know, I'm I'm passionate about the podcast. I'm passionate about content creation. That's what I love to do. Mm -hmm. I love to talk about it. Listening to you talk is 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 awesome and it, it's opening up my mind to a lot of this stuff. Um, I would encourage everyone to come out, maybe do a tour with you or you Please know check out it. check out the vats and stuff. One of the things that I loved when we were um, in there looking at the vats was that each one was named after a different uh, Rangers player, Texas Absolutely. Rangers player. Uh, was this your idea? Was this one of the owner's ideas? Are you just a big fan? Oh, no, I'm a big fan. This was my <laughs> idea. Uh, every, every place I've worked at, I've, I've named the tanks. Okay. Or the last couple of places I've worked at, okay. I've named the tanks. Again, I don't, this is a great industry for me. I don't do math and numbers very well yeah. <laughs> at all. <laughs> And so, like, there have been times where, at other breweries, where the tanks were numbered uh, and not named, where I've made mistakes okay. just on sending beer to the wrong tank. <laughs> um, and that's how mistakes are made. <laughs> so, I realized, uh, I realized a couple of years ago that if I just name them, it's a lot easier for me to think, all right, I'm brewing Hefeweizen into uh, Pudge. Yeah. Like, it's easier for me to think of that way rather than I'm brewing Hefeweizen into Tank 2. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just for whatever reason. I, th I mean, that seems to make a ton of sense. I think yeah. just for most people, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah and it kind of like gives it a personality too of just like, oh, you know, Ryan's giving me trouble. Or, <laughs> you know, I've got a, I've got a dry hop Murphy. Uh, I made sure Murphy was the very first one. 
Uh, I'm also a Baylor fan, sitting okay. Bears. So, yeah. Sorry, I'm sitting here with my TCU <laughs> jacket today. We don't have to talk about that. Um, but yeah, like the last, last place I worked was, um, I named all the tanks after, uh, like, what was it, old uh, old heroes from the Texas Independence. <laughs> yeah, so cool. like there was a, uh, now I'm going to forget, there was a Sam Houston, Stephen F. Austin, like, yeah. you know, a bunch of names like that. So I was coming here, I was like, all right, so we've got uh, like seven tanks. I was like, who the hell can I do? I'd already already on the Beatles at once, so I couldn't redo the Beatles. Yeah. So yeah, finally when I came on like Texas Ranger, I was like, yes, this is great. This is so <laughs> that's awesome. perfect. My favorite one is Oil Can Boyd. Yep. We only had him for a year, but that's the best baseball name. It is. It really heard. is the best baseball name. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'll take it. It works. I've taken Oil Can Boyd. I have to have it. <laughs> So treat me and, and treat the audience listening like we're fifth graders. Explain okay. to us the different vats, what you use all the different tanks for, and, and um, you know, kind of just the normal process of brewing a batch of beer. Okay. Uh, so right now in, uh, in the Funky Picnic Brewery, uh, we probably have, I guess, three, four different types of vessels uh, that we have in there. Uh, so beginning the process, we have a two-vessel brew house, and what that means is there's one vessel where we mix the grains in the water, uh, we call that mash, uh, and in that mash tun, we're able to create the wort, uh, which is just the uh, sweet kind of, essentially the sweet liquid that we then boil, uh, and then the yeast turns the wort into beer. So, in vessel number one, we got the mash tun where we do all of the uh, all the mashing, uh, all the uh, kind of conversion, taking the uh, carbohydrates, the starches, and turning them into sugars. Yeah. We'll move that liquid into the second vessel, which is the boil kettle. And at that point, that is where we boil to one, uh, sterilize the wort to also uh, add our hops, uh, to also clarify the beer. In a okay. sense, all the proteins come together and coagulate and fall out. Yeah. So, uh, clarifies our beer as well as uh, just reduces it, kind of makes it a sweeter, sweeter liquid. Uh, and then from that point, we'll move to the third vessel, uh, which is our fermentation, uh, fermentation tank. Uh, here at Funky Picnic, we have uh, what they're called unitanks. And so in a unitank, we're able to both ferment and carbonate in mm -hmm. the same vessel. They, uh, they can hold up to 30 PSI of pressure. And so under that pressure, we're able to actually carbonate and introduce the bubbles into the beer. Uh, at other breweries, uh, the fermentation tank and the secondary tank or carbonation tank, uh, which we call a bright tank, those are separate. Okay. Uh, now, we do have one bright tank here uh, that we're able to kind of use. It gives us some flexibility in terms of where we move the beer. And uh, Right now, uh, I've got beer in the bright tank that we're just kind of holding and waiting for, uh, waiting for a tap. Gotcha. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> we've got a lot of beer in there. So, yeah, the, uh, the fermenters uh, that we have in there now are in a shape called like cylindriconical. And so it's just a cone or a, a cone on the bottom and then just a cylinder on the top. Uh, that shape is important because it allows for convection and fermentation. So as fermentation, like this active thing is actually yeah. happening, as the yeast are actually going through, and, you know, chewing up the sugars and creating alcohol and releasing CO2, uh, because of the shape of that cone, there's actual movement. So the yeast cells are actually able to be entirely in solution, like completely immersed in solution. And then when the yeast are done, just naturally done, uh, they'll begin to fall out of that solution uh, and come together, uh, something we call flocculation. Yeah. And so the yeast will kind of come together, bind together in the bottom of that cone, and that allows us to pull the yeast out and either uh, pitch it into another beer, 
and kind of reuse uh, yeast in that way uh, or just dump it. Okay. Uh, there's also uh, just hop residue, different proteins, stuff like that called shrewd that can come out from the bottom of that as well. And so whenever that process is done, if we're moving it to the bright, ta uh, bright tank, uh, we can take it off of that, move it into the bright tank, keep it cold, uh, hit it with CO2 and, and carbonate it up. So how long into that process are you able to taste what's going to be the end product? And have you ever gotten to the end of that whole thing and just had a terrible batch of beer? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I definitely have. Uh, at that point, at that point, you start playing with, all right, how can I fix this? Okay. <laughs> like, that's a, that's a fun brewer's game called <laughs> Will It Blend? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's where you try and figure out if there's ways you can bring in other beers. And then or, you can sell it as like a cross-hybrid beer. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's the, uh, that's the dirty secret that craft beers don't want you to know <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, <laughs> uh, There's, man, it, it tastes different every time. Uh, or not every time, but like at every step in the process. Um, whenever I came out of school, I worked with, uh, interned underneath Michael Petticolas for a brief time. And one thing I remember from him, and I have his voice in my head every day, is just give it time. Yeah. Just give it time. Um, there's beers that are in there right now uh, that I've tried. Once fermentation is technically done, uh, once the yeast has fallen out, where I think, ah, well, I screwed this up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> start immediately thinking of, all right, so how can I fix this? Yeah. Do I have to dump it? Can I blend it? Can I throw in like a raspberry puree and like, like how in the world can I fix this? Uh, and then the next day come in and it's fine. Yeah. Um, just, just the process of time. Some of that could be the yeast kind of cleaning some things up. Um, but you know, there's off flavors that happen in every beer that are naturally scrubbed out through the process of, uh, fermentation. Uh, like a, we call it a diacetyl. It's like a buttery kind of flavor. Uh, that's something that's naturally scrubbed out during fermentation. So if you're tasting it at every step, it will taste different every day mm -hmm. until it's finally cold and carbonated. And then it's pretty consistent there. There's still some changes, um, but those changes take weeks, months, okay. you know. Um, there have been times where I've gotten to the end of it and just completely missed the ball on it. Yeah. Um, Luckily not here at Funky Picnic. <laughs> Luckily not here. I've, I've flown without a wire several times here. Uh, there have been a few things that I would tweak and I would fix, but nothing that's just bad yeah. at the end of the day. Well, uh, what are your creative freedoms like here? You know, Are you getting input from your owners, from the other people on your staff, or do you kind of have full control over it? So far in this first year, uh, yeah, eight months or so, uh, I've had pretty much total uh, creative freedom cool um now once we have data that might change yeah <laughs> i don't i don't think they'll take freedom away from me but i think they'll kind of try and guide me towards well this worked really well last year um and of course that's what i want too i mean i i want people to be happy when they're here and enjoy what they're drinking um nothing sucks more than a bad beer you know yeah um but so far i've had i mean they've been really really kind really generous and really trusting first and foremost of just being allowed me to try a lot of different things. Uh, so far it has been a lot more kind of classic styles, kind of seasonal styles. Um, I do look forward to trying some really wild stuff yeah. <laughs> just to kind of see what I can get, get away with. And a lot of the more experimentation that I've done has been more on the brew side, like more just in the process, just, you know, 
either pushing against, well, this is the classic style, this is the way we've always done it, what if I tried it this way, versus uh, I want to get better efficiency, you know, I want better final product, what if I tried it, yeah. what if I tried it this way? Um, and that part too kind of feeds my, my ADHD. Of just, <laughs> all right, so we're working towards a goal. We'll try one different thing, uh-huh. <laughs> but like the rest of it is still the same. You yeah, know? yeah, for rather sure. than just running in there and you know, I make the joke all the time. If if I had my way, I would run in there every day and just change the recipe like as soon as I started and <laughs> just throw in a bunch of sauce hops at the end. And, yeah, <laughs> call it done. Uh, but uh, I still have this job, so that hasn't happened. Yeah, so <laughs> that hasn't happened yet, but. And it, especially too, like, especially when it comes to naming our beers, like, there haven't been a lot of, a lot of names that they've turned down, for better or worse. Yeah, because that's that's kind of your thing, right? Is yeah. is kind of the funky names, you know? What why? Our thing. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's usually stuff that just makes me laugh. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty much it. And I, I get a kick out of like just thinking of what people. Like either how people are going to interpret what the new beer name is, or just yeah. I think it's funny to see people walk up, look at a menu, kind of pull it away, you know, watch the look on their face, and then say something dumb like "Donka dots do mind baby interest," <laughs> <laughs> and always with a question. Do, like, do you ever get anyone in here that's too cool and they just point at the menu and they're like, "I'll take this"? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> yeah, all the, all the time. Uh, I think we have. I think we have numbers numbers next to the beer. Okay. So they might just order like, I'll take a number eleven. Yeah. Which is fine. No fun. Um, <laughs> but I mean honestly, like, you know, it, it's fun for me. But I do think in some cases, like it does open a conversation. You know, like I've I've been at the bar before where people are just going through the names and just laughing. It's like, Can you believe this? Like, how did this happen? <laughs> so then you just end up talking and yeah, you know, having a good time. Um, I don't like to take myself too seriously, so I don't want to come up with you know, some two-word name that's just supposed to invoke, yeah. you know, ego and machismo and, yeah. you, know, you know, misogyny or something like that. It's like, no, I mean, let's just have fun. Like, we can always come up with another beer name. If people don't like it, we'll just come up with another one. Yeah. Like, it could be the same beer. They're not going to know. Well, I love that. The problem that I would have is that yeah. I wouldn't be able to choose because, I, you know, I'm looking through and I'm just laughing at all the names yeah. and I'm like, oh, I'll just take one of everything. We have um, a... Uh, <laughs> We have a Slack channel that's just beer names. Is it? That's awesome. And I think I think what happens what happens with me. I don't know if it happens with everyone else in the group, but what happens with me is I'll just be out with a friend and someone will say something ridiculous, yeah. and so that's the <laughs> that goes right into the Slack point. channel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll just see if it sticks with somebody. If someone gives it the fire emoji, then that we're good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so going back to something you just said, um, my favorite quote from that Fort Worth Weekly article. Um, was that you said you love to brew the beer and then awkwardly watch people drink it. Yes. Um, so <laughs> how, how often are you present here in the room or are you mostly back in, in your uh, brew, I don't know what to call it, your brew room? Brewery, yeah. Brewery, yeah. Uh, I need to, that's on my, my list of intentions for 2020 is I need to be out here more. Okay. Um, I'm kind of getting a little more time now to where I can. Uh, when we first started, you know, we only, we've got, you know, 15 taps here and I think when we first launched we only had eight filled and so it was a mad dash for a couple months of just trying to just trying to brew put something on the board uh, keep it updated uh, but now that we've got now that we've got plenty uh, I've got more time to be out here one of the things I'd like to be able to do and I've already kind of started doing a little bit very little bit of is just walking out with a pitcher okay just whatever's new back there cool 
um, just, you know, it's really easy to get rid of free beer, as, yeah. it, as it turns out. <laughs> even easier in a brewery. Yeah. Uh, so believe just kind it of or not. Yeah. yeah not, <laughs> as it turns out. Uh, so, yeah, just kind of, you know, chatting with people at the bar. Um, I try not to be the, I'm the one who makes it brick back there. <laughs> yeah. I try not to be that guy. Um, but, yeah, it, it is really cool to, you know, let, let people try stuff. My favorite I think it's because it's a humbling thing, but my favorite is when I pour somebody something and they immediately are like, <laughs> don't like it. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's always my favorite because then that's an actual opportunity for somebody to either tell me what they don't like about it or tell me what they do like about beer. Yeah. Um, and that's always a great, those are the, the most beneficial conversations for me, I think, to have. Um, 98% of the time, I'll pour somebody something and I'll say, Oh, yeah, that's great. Or, uh, you know, I don't really like that style, but Which okay. It doesn't help, right? It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't help. Um, it's nice to hear, but it, it doesn't help. And as, as somebody who likes to think of himself as an artist, I'm always going to focus on the bad stuff. Yeah. So I want somebody to tell me the, <laughs> sure. the bad stuff and then tell me why, you know, why they don't like it like that. Uh, because I think that there's going to be more truth in that. Like, yeah. oh, it's just too bitter. Well, you know what? Maybe it is a little bit too bitter. Um, so somebody just, yeah, that's great. Keep going. <laughs> there's always... I, even I, even if someone does like it, you want to hear why they like it, right? You want to yeah. know, you know, what is it about it that you like? And, yeah. and you can kind of, you know, go from there. Yeah, I get Give that. Give me something. Like, I totally I, get that. I grew up playing in bands. Uh, and I... <laughs> there's always one guy who's like, hell yeah, you guys rock. Like, no matter how bad the band is, there's always one guy in the yep. back. Hell yeah, you guys rock. So, it's, it's the Usually same in every me. group. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same in every group. There's always going to be the hell yeah, you guys rock everywhere. Yeah. Um, and that's cool. Like, we like having them around. His dance moves are kind of weird, but we like having them around. But yeah, if I can have more, I, I want to be out here and, and know how to talk to people, how to let them try stuff, and how to get to the nut of what they dig, what they don't, and how that makes them uh, feel good. Yeah, you know, for sure. Yeah. Um, I got a couple more things I want to hit on here. I know we're kind of coming up on time. So um, real quick about Funky Picnic, you guys have just an awesome food menu Thank you. Um, here as well. Uh, I'm, I'm actually, you know, hopefully be coming back next week or something yeah. and, and grab Chef some Josh lunch. Yeah, and, and so, you know, just what are some of your f favorite food items and then how much of your menu is inspired by the beer, and then how much of the beer is inspired by the menu, um, if any at all? <laughs> yeah, we we started off knowing that every like everything on the uh, everything on the food menu had to work with the beer uh, in some way, uh, and that's probably an area where we could be probably a little better. It's just you know working more closely with one another to make sure that. When we when we make this when we prepare this food item that it does pair with these two yeah. these two beers or these three beers or how, however many, um, but yeah everything on the menu needs to be able to like we everything on the beer menu has to be able to work with the food in some way. Um, it's easy now for a lot of breweries to just have some base style and then throw in you know sour punch straws or yeah. you know crap ton of hops and you know pastry salads and things like that, not putting down anyone who does those, but in a brew pub situation that doesn't work because mm -hmm. there's other flavors that you need to get to. Mm -hmm. Our food here isn't just 
bar food that's supposed to get on your stomach and help you drink more. Yeah. Like the entire thing is around. No, I mean, it's a legit place that you don't have to come out for a beer. You can come out and just have a meal. Yeah. Yeah. So the entire thing needs to be a rounded out experience. Um, and always want to make sure that, you know, the food or the beer aren't more important than the other. Yeah. I mean, it's always on par and it works together as a cohesive experience rather than, Oh, I'm just going to go get some chicken wings to, you know, coat the lining of my stomach so I can have another, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, that's that's a huge thing. It, it needs to be a part of the uh, singular vision. Okay. You know I mean? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Thanks. That's a great answer to that. Uh, so, what are what are some of the food trend or the uh, beer trends you're seeing right now? You know, typically on this podcast, we're talking to chefs and restaurateurs and stuff, and mm-hmm. we're talking about food trends and trying to keep up with those trends. Is it the same way with beer, where you're seeing trends kind of changing all the time? And and what are some that are kind of going on right now uh ipa is always going to be king okay uh, it seems like every season there's a new ipa um you know for a while we were doing like back whenever i first started getting into beer it was west coast ipas and then i think it went to black ipas uh, cascadia or cascadian dark ales then we went into like uh, session ipas it, it's been a whole thing now we're still on the hazy uh, but I've seen more people kind of start to do uh, sour IPAs yeah. or sour hazy IPAs. Martin House has one right now. Uh, Collective has had a couple sour IPAs for a while. Uh, and thank God the lager trend is still going on. Yeah. Uh, people doing Pilsners and kind of older styles like that. Uh, that's my jam. I love that so much. Uh, and even Mexican lagers too. Um, we just saw some of the latest Nielsen data, and uh, Modelo is like killing it right now. Uh-huh. People are just choosing Modelo, uh, so that's the thing that craft beers, uh, craft brewers are doing as well. Is, is kind of focusing on those, you know, people who come into our establishments and say, "I just want a beer." Yeah. You know, I, I think that opens us up to a lot more, just a lot more people. It's fun to be adventurous, you know, when you're drinking, when you're eating, like that, that's a ton of fun. But, Man, doing it every day. Yeah. That blows you out. So, <laughs> you know, we're still doing like a ton of IPAs, and that's still going to be a thing for a while. Um, I haven't seen a lot of sours lately. I think okay. that's kind of kind of going down. Every chef I've talked to loves a sour. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but I don't. I don't mind it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think loggers and um, loggers and IPAs. I think are probably going to be here for the next next couple of years, and maybe more of that. Uh, Seltzers too. People are doing a lot of seltzers. I think that's probably going to be around for a minute too. Well, one of the things I can't, I can't get behind is the pickle trend. I love pickles. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to drink pickles. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're even uh, packaging just pickle juice now. You know, that people are just buying that. Yeah. Um, would you ever make a pickle beer? I don't need to. No. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm. I think I think I'm fine. Uh, my very first <laughs> one answer. that I. Yeah. <laughs> my very first one I had was down in New Braunfels. They've had one for a couple of years. Um, Called PKL FKR. I'll let you put that one together. <laughs> They've had that one for uh, a little bit, and I that was probably the only one I've ever had from okay. the that I didn't dig. Like the only beer on their list, I just didn't. I didn't yeah. like it. And then yeah, now it's a thing. Um, yeah, it's whatever. People okay. dig what they dig. Yeah. I don't need to do it. Someone else is doing it. All right, cool, good <laughs> answer. Um, all right, so last thing, I want to end it with this very okay. important question: Did you ever find your brewery cat? Yeah. Yeah, you did. Oh yeah, I've got a. Got a couple, so there's one. He wasn't, he wasn't there earlier, just a couple days ago. He started okay. getting on the brew stand, but I've got 
I've got a couple that I feed in the morning. My OG, the one who's here all the time, we call him Fat Ginger. Uh, they probably already have names, so I just call them by their descriptive features. <laughs> yeah. um, Fat Ginger or Gingy, we've got Black Cat, we've got uh, Collared Ginger, <laughs> Black Cat, uh, which is a skinnier ginger but with a collar. Uh, and then we have Tabby and Elusive Tabby. Okay. Elusive Tabby is a sweetheart, but she doesn't come around very often. But yeah, we've got <laughs> we got those cats that come around, but Fat Ginger, like he's here pretty much all day. That's awesome. Uh, so he's he's my buddy. I'll sit there and pet him. Uh, and then whenever I stop petting him, he lets me know he needs more by just like putting his paws up and like <laughs> begging me for yeah. begging me for pets. So I'm a I'm a cat person, so I love that. That's awesome. That I finally have a brewery cat. Good, yeah. cool. Well, I'm happy for you. <laughs> thank um, you. Well, Michael, thank you so much again for coming on. I, yeah. I appreciate the time, and and I definitely uh, recommend people come out to Funky Picnic uh, sometime soon. It's it's a sweet spot and uh, great yeah. beers and stuff. So yeah, thanks thank again. You. Absolutely. Thanks again to Michael Harper for coming on to the podcast. I forgot to mention this while we had him on air, uh, but he has a podcast called Good Brew Guide. Um, so if you like beer, if you liked hearing him talk, go check it out. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. I highly recommend it. It's a, it's a good show. Um, and especially, like I said, if you like beer, uh, go, go listen to it. Um, I also want to let you know that that episode was brought to you by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. Located on Camp Bowie Boulevard, the Culinary School of Fort Worth is helping future chefs pursue their dreams every single day. You can reach out for more information or to schedule a tour on their website at csftw.edu. That's csftw.edu. Or you can reach them by phone at 817-737-8427. That's 817-737-8427.